0: We are going to read from verse 6, John chapter 4. Today, I want to teach on Jesus' model of soul winning and discipling. Jesus's model on soul winning and discipling. See, we as modern day Christians, we struggle to win souls. But Jesus did not teach us only to win souls, but he taught us how to make disciples who will bring more souls. So Jesus taught exponential soul winning. Am I making sense? Jesus taught us how to have exponential soul winning. Somebody say exponential soul winning. That you win multiples of souls at the same time. Amen. John chapter 4, verse 6. Now, Jacob's well was there. Jesus therefore being wearied from his journey, sat by the well, it was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw water and Jesus said to her, give me a drink. Hallelujah. And For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask me for a drink from, from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water hallelujah then the woman said to him "Sir, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep where then do you have you do you get that living water are you greater than our father jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as well as his sons and his livestock jesus answered and said whoever drinks of this water will test again but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never test. But the water that I give him shall become in him a fountain of water, spring it up into eternal everlasting life. Hallelujah. Then the woman said, sir, give me this water that I may not test, nor come here to draw, to draw. And Jesus said to her, go and call your husband. And the woman answered and said, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, you have said well, you have, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands and the one whom you have, you are now, you now have, is not your husband, is not your husband in that you spoke truly. Then the woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet for our fathers worshipped on this mountain, and the Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. And Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when, neither, when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know, but we know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews." But the hour is coming, and now is when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is a spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And the woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. And Jesus said to her, I who speak to you, I am he. And at this point, his disciples came and marveled that he talked with a woman. Yet no one said, what do you seek? Or why are you talking with her? And the woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and said to the men, come see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ?" Then they went out. Somebody said they went out. They went out of the city and came to him. Hallelujah. So Jesus did not only win a soul, that is the woman, but he won multiples of souls just by an encounter. And this encounter is not in the Bible for the sake of it being in the Bible. It's supposed to teach you and I how to witness and become effective witnesses. And not only that, but how to disciple others who will go and win more souls for Christ. Hallelujah. You see, what you must understand is that every one of us, once we receive salvation, that's the gift of eternal life, the gift of God, the most precious gift that anyone can have. Once we receive that gift, we are supposed to share that gift with others who have not received it as yet. Am I making sense to somebody? We are supposed to share. It is our duty to share that precious gift with others who don't have it. And the, the fact is, when you share it with somebody, that gift doesn't leave you. It is the only gift that the more you share, the more you become it. Hallelujah. You see, sometimes we as human beings naturally we are selfish. Because when we have something good, we want to keep it to ourselves. But in this particular gift, the Bible says when you share it more, you become indeed his disciple. Which means that the gift is qualified inside of you the more you share it. But the problem we have these days is that we have become so lazy and we have become so shy in speaking and sharing our faith with others. That at best what we do is we invite them to church. And when we bring them to church, we expect the pastor to speak to them. Sometimes we bring them to church and we are hoping that the message will will convict them. It's not wrong. Then sometimes after the message and everything, we bring them to pastor and say, Pastor, I have brought my friend. Speak to him or speak to her. It is like a blind date because the person knows why you have brought them here. Are you you getting what I'm saying? So the element of surprise is taken away. And sometimes they build their their walls. They build that uh, barrier not to receive the word. Because if you are going to talk to a pastor, this pastor is high and mighty. He's holy. He doesn't do the the bad things I do. But when somebody who has been where I am and has done all the bad things, is telling that, see, I met a man who told me all the bad things I have done. Could this be the Christ? Everybody will believe and come. Because of the bad things that this woman has done. You know, in in those days in Jerusalem, they had two wells. They had one in the city and one outside of the city. And most people went to fetch water in the mornings or in the evenings. Are you with me? So in those days, morning is zero hour and it starts at 6 a.m. So 9 a.m. is third hour. Are you with me? Sixth hour is 12 noon. Ninth hour is 3 p.m. Then you come back to the the zero hour, which is six. Are you getting what I'm saying? So for this woman, the Bible says that she came at the sixth hour which means that she came at a time that she expected to see no one at the well. Why? It's because she had a reputation. She had been with five men and she had a reputation. And you know, if, if you've ever lived in any small city or any small town, or uh, everybody knows your story. Everybody knows everybody's business. Uh, am I making sense? So, this woman in trying to avoid all the gossips, all the women that will gossip, because like uh, the is women who came to draw water. So all the women who come and draw water, when they see her, the way they will gossip about her, she didn't want to know. So she will come at 12 p.m. or 12 noon when no one comes there to fetch water. And instead of going to the city, the well at the city that is closer and easier, she would rather go out of the city Travel to go and fetch water, put it on the head, and come all the way back into the city to avoid the people. But when she encountered Jesus, she, the Bible says she left her water, she left her dignity, she left her pride. She left every, the doubt and the fear, the insecurity that she had, that she thought that if I go and to the people, they know my past. He says, no, when he went, it was that past that she was avoiding that she used as her sermon. Come see a man who told me and told me all that I've done. You all know what I've done, but that man doesn't know what I've done. But when I went to speak to that man, that man told me everything that I've done. Could this be the Christ? And the people said, if this girl, this bad girl, can be bold enough today and come and say that there is a Christ somewhere who has changed her life, it is worth us going to see. Hallelujah. And all the people followed out of the city To go and see Jesus. So Jesus did not only win one woman, but she won her, discipled her, and sent her out, and she came back with the multitude. I think you need to put your hands together for Jesus. (laughs) Hallelujah. And Jesus is going to teach us seven principles or seven ways in making and multiplying souls. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Seven ways. Very simple, and then we'll be out of here. Have you been blessed already? The first step, if you like, is contact. Somebody say contact. Oh, say it like you mean it. contact. Jesus made a contact. The point of contact is anywhere or any situation, that brings two people together in a conversation. Hallelujah. And that contact is very important. Sometimes the reason why we as Christians and believers do not win souls and are not very, very uh, successful in soul winning is because we don't make the right contact. Hallelujah. Somebody say right contact. Or say like you mean right contact what does right contact mean you see all of us we have biases we all have prejudices are you with me we all have the people that we are comfortable with and we have the people that we don't feel comfortable to talk to we all have the people that we don't think they will appreciate what we are trying to say so we i we try to avoid them am i making sense We all have biases. You see, if you're black, you say all white people are racist. But what you don't understand is that we who are black also are racist. Everybody has a racial tendency. Are you with me? Not only that, everybody has their own biases. There are some people, there are some women who don't like speaking to men. That's a bias. There are some there are some women who get on more with men and don't, want, don't like to have anything to do with women. How many know what I'm talking about? There are some, some ladies who are, they can flow easily with any man. When they meet a man, it's so easy to uh, strike conversation and acquaintance and they just flow. There's no problem. But when they meet a fellow woman, they just freeze because they cannot deal with women. Are you getting what I'm saying? There are some people who can speak to women, can speak to men, but they can't speak to older people because they feel that they are too young. Am I making sense? You see, all these barriers affect the type of contacts we make when we are winning souls. When you see somebody who is dressed very nicely and is sitting in a very posh car and you are passing by, You look at the dress you are wearing, the clothes you are wearing, and you see the man's, even his watch, and the way his car, and that he's sitting inside. You don't think that you qualify to speak to that such a person. So, you just walk by. We're talking about contact. The woman says that we Samarians or Samaritans have no dealings with the Jews. Because the Jews normally avoid the Samaritans. And yet here is Jesus who has made contact with somebody that he doesn't have to have any contact with. That's the first one. The second thing is that in those days, in the culture, men were not supposed to talk to women that they are not married to. How many know that in, the, in Asia, that area, the, the, the um, Middle East... Women are not allowed to speak to strangers without their husbands being around. Are you getting what I'm saying? Even if you try to speak to a Muslim who has, you know, those who wear the the devout Muslim who wear the hijab, they, they, they will say no, because the culture doesn't permit a stranger, a man, to speak to a woman. Are you with me? And sometimes those, that contact or that lack of contact is the reason why we don't penetrate certain races. That is the reason why Christianity is not traveling as far and as fast as they ought to travel because we avoid certain contacts. Am I talking to somebody? Jesus overcame all the barriers, the religious, you know, and, and in those days, you see, if Jesus is a rabbi, he ought to know the law. And he ought to know that this woman, probably, she's not clean. And if a woman is unclean, she's not allowed to come to the assembly of men. So when a man is sitting somewhere, a woman is not allowed to come there. Amen. But he left, overcame all the barriers, all the religious, you know, social, and all those biases, or all those things that stops us from becoming effective as soul winners. Well, sometimes we go to town. Maybe that day God has de- designed that you are going to win ten souls. There are going to be some a man with a tattoo up to his neck. Tattoo all over his place. Was it two days ago, yesterday or the day before, we had a, somebody come to our house to take some... Uh, measurement or something and the man had tattoos all over his neck tattoos all over his neck and believe me, he's one of the nicest guys we've ever had in our house very nice guy i mean he he made us so so you know like we were we were uh, praising him and complimenting him for how nice he was and he was praising us for being as nice as we are But I was thinking this afternoon, if I met this guy in town, would I approach this guy with the gospel? But that guy was a very nice guy. Nice sense of humor. Very easygoing. We gave him uh, an African tea. He drank it and said, what is this? (laughs) You know, but he... He drank it, nevertheless. There are some people they would immediately they'll freeze. Are you getting know what I'm trying to say? But I see, sometimes we dismiss others. We dismiss our potential woman of Samer, Samaria because we think that we don't have any business doing dealing with them. We'll rather see somebody who looks like us and talks like us to go and uh, win the soul, and you realize that that person doesn't want to know. So you you be in town, and those ten souls that have been given to you will all pass by because your barrier that you have put in your head, that bias, stops you from winning that soul. Am I making sense to somebody? Yeah. By Jesus, they don't allow. The Bible says when the disciples arrived, they were thinking in their heads, why is is Jesus speaking to this woman when he knows he has no business speaking to this woman? But they would dare not say it to him. So they said it in their minds. Hallelujah. So number one is what? Contact. See, Jesus Jesus is very strategic. I don't know why God made flesh. If he wants to save the whole city of Samaria, would he not maybe open the heavens, the skies, and show his face? Immediately the whole city will see God and really exists, And that would be easy, isn't it? But then he comes in the form of a man. And not only that, he knows very well that this woman will be coming to the well at that time. And knowing that when his disciples are around, the conversation will be more difficult. Because the disciples have all their prejudices and they have all their, you know, biased thinking. So he sends them to go and find food. And then he sits at the well waiting for her, his rendezvous with a woman. And as soon as the woman comes, the first thing Jesus says is, give me water to drink. He is the everlasting water that never dries. So the living water is asking a woman for water that expires Water that when you drink, you test again. So, water is asking for water. Hallelujah. How many understand what I'm trying to say? The water is asking for water. But he was not interested in the water. Because from the story, we don't even see that Jesus drank the water. Because she left the water pot. And went as to because she was about to draw when Jesus started a conversation. So we are not sure whether the woman finished drawing. And we are not sure whether Jesus drank the water. But all we know is that he used that water for contact. It's an example for you and I. Everything and anything is a topic for discussion. The weather, the clothes that the woman is wearing, coronavirus, what is happening in the news or what is happening around that thing that she's doing. Maybe she's walking. Oh, your walk reminds me of my sister. Or you look like someone I know. Anything. See, nobody teaches a, a bad boy how to Chase Girls. And you see that sometimes the lines that they start with. <laughs> oh, the way you have made your faces is as if you don't know what I'm talking about. It looks like I'm preaching the wrong church. This Wednesday service, I think we need to, the old Wednesday service back. <laughs> Me, I should teach you. (laughs) How did you get your wife? (laughs) Joe wants me to teach him. (laughs) Hallelujah. It starts with a very natural, very, very innocuous conversation. It doesn't mean anything. It's just something. But it starts, it breaks the ice. And we use that for conversation. But you see, he knew where he wanted the conversation to go. He said, I need water to drink. It's natural that a man is sitting by the well. He's thirsty. You have a rope. You have a vessel. And you are, you are drawing water. And he comes, oh, please, can I have some water to drink? The natural answer is, oh, no problem. Have a glass of water. Hallelujah. But Jesus goes on. The woman says that why are you asking me for water? You shouldn't be talking to me. Because you Jews, you feel high and mighty. You Jews, you look down on us. You don't think that we we matter. So, how have you come down from your high horse to ask me for water? And Jesus moves to the next point that the point of challenge. He says that if you knew who it was who was asking for water. You would have asked me, and I would have given you the living water. Amen. See, sometimes the reason why we don't engage is because we don't have anything to challenge people. Because you need to tease the person's interest. You, you get it? When, when a fisherman is, is going to fish, sometimes they have a rod. How many have seen a rod? And they have a line. And on the line they have a a hook. And on the hook they put like a worm or something, food, bread or worms, on on the on the and they throw it into the water and they dangle it in the water like that. So they do it to tease the fish. Are you with me? It's like a challenge. They give a challenge to the fish. And then when the fish comes, take the bait, go "Ah." then they draw the fish out. In the same way, you're a fisher of men. So you must learn how to bait. You, you must learn how to bait your fish by throwing a challenge. If you knew who was talking to you, you would have asked me and I would have given you living water. The purpose, he purposely engaged in conversation based on the common human need of a drink. And then he challenges the woman for a spiritual drink. That you give me this water, I'll give you spirit, living water. Amen. Sometimes we, we struggle, we as human beings, we struggle. Especially in this modern day uh, Christian, we, we always want to say, Oh, the Bible says, the Bible says the person doesn't know anything about the Bible. Sometimes the person doesn't believe the Bible. But yet you can win a soul without quoting any scripture. How many understand what I'm trying to say? You don't need to quote scriptures all the time to win a soul. In fact, you see, throughout this thing, Jesus was having a conversation. He never said the scripture says, but everything he said was scripture. The day is coming, now is the time that the true worshipers are worshiping spirit and truth. That's a scripture. But he didn't say that the Bible says. It was a conversation that was on that level that a person could appreciate and understand. Sometimes we, we bash people with Bible verses that, conf- that makes them close up. Amen. Have you not realized that the generation that we have now, there are generations that are, don't believe. How I many you know what I'm talking about? They don't believe in the Bible. They believe that a man wrote the Bible so it could be a lie. They believe that not everything that you say is true. They have certain things that they believe. So would that make you not be able to throw a challenge? We have to come up with different ways that will come to the person's level to be able to speak and make contact, challenge the person for the person to respond. Amen. Number three, Once contact is made, discussions have been entered into, it is up to you to prove what you are saying. Jesus said to the woman, I am he. Confirmation. The, see, the woman was saying that uh, the, the, our father said that, the, the, the Jews said that one day the king of kings, the son of God will come, that Jesus who is the Christ will come. And when he comes, he will show us all things or he will lead us into all truths. And he says, I am he. Hallelujah. Sometimes, sometimes in our conversations with people, our authority is not there. Are you with me? Sometimes we ourselves, we doubt ourselves. Especially when you meet somebody who knows a, f- a few scriptures. You know, there are some people who have a few controversial scriptures in their heads that they use to antagonize people who come to them. How many know what I'm talking about? And sometimes when they start, immediately you, you freeze. Because you yourself, you know you don't know much. <laughs> Hallelujah. But what I want you to understand and what I want you to know from what Jesus did was his authority. He was not in any doubt. He says, I am he. Amen. I want you to have the confidence that you have something that is greater inside of you than what the person has. So the person needs what you have. And be confident to tell them that this is the way. Hallelujah. Don't be in any doubt about salvation. And that is what you need to share with the person. Jesus shared with a with person, let's go back to the scripture. Verse 25, the woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming. Who is, the, is called Christ? When he comes, he will tell us all things. And Jesus said to her, I who speak to you, I am he. How many know that it takes boldness and confidence to be able to say something like that? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't want you to go and say to somebody, I'm Jesus Christ. That's not what I'm saying. (laughs) But you must be bold enough to know what you are talking about. This is a fact. This is the word of God. If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you shall be saved. When I got born again, I was a young boy, I got born again, immediately they they teach you Some scriptures in Romans, Romans 3.23, Romans 6.23, they teach you uh, uh, all those, uh, John 3.16, Romans uh, 10.9 and 10, they teach you all those scriptures. So you, you are armed with those scriptures. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. For God sent his, not his son into the world to condemn it, but that the world through him might be saved. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe it in, with your heart, you will be saved. And with that, few scriptures, you lead a person. Hallelujah. But you must come with a certain knowledge, authority in what you are saying. Because he may not know anything about salvation, but when he feels that you are, that you are not sure. <laughs> Nobody likes to follow somebody who is blind. Have you ever followed somebody who is leading you who doesn't know the way? They take left. They take right. Then they do a turn. Then, they take, then you can see that this right there, we've taken about three times. And we have come back on ourselves three times. And we are still, no, at the point you want to go somewhere else. Hallelujah. Number four. The call. Somebody say the call. At the right time, he offered her living water. Amen. After he had prepped her, he offered living water. Hallelujah. And that water was what God. Had. Amen. Number 5 is the conversion. Now this woman says that now this woman starts talking about spiritual things. I perceive that thou art a prophet. Why? Because the man now went now Jesus went into the woman's personal How did you know? Sometimes when you are talking to somebody, God will prompt you and God will say something. The Spirit of God will say something about the person. And that's the key. Hallelujah. I say that is the key. And now this woman did not only believe, but this woman has become a disciple. Amen. Because this woman is converted. That I I, I need, the, the woman says that, give me this living water. I need it. And when the woman says, I know, the man said, Jesus said, I know you have had five husbands, four husbands. And the one you live with now is not your husband. You are shaking up with somebody, you have stolen somebody's husband. They're cheap, they're Hallelujah. Number six is consecration. This step is where the convict actually gets trained to be a disciple. Now, the woman has been spoken to. The woman at the world now has become a convert. The woman says that, please sit here. I need to go and bring the men to come and hear what I've just heard. I need, you know, you have, you have shown me something that... All my life, nobody has shown me. Nobody has spoken to me the way you have spoken to me. Hallelujah. Sometimes we are too much in a hurry to leave. But you may may not know that this woman will be the woman or this man that you are talking to will be the one that will unlock the whole city. Jesus spent a little more time with the woman to go a little further to get this woman to become a disciple. Do you think that after Jesus, after this woman brought the, the men out to meet Jesus, and Jesus spoke to the men, do you think that this woman will go and not speak to anybody again? It is going to be a continuous thing. So this woman is not only being, being won as a convert, a soul, but this woman has become a disciple. She's now prepared to go and share her testimony. Hallelujah. Sometimes we don't allow God to use us to that point. We ourselves are in a hurry because the conversation is making us feel uneasy. Amen. But Jesus had time. Even when the disciples came, he was not disturbed. Even when the disciples came, you know, somebody would have said, oh, my friends are here, so let's cut the conversation. No. 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 Jesus continued with the with the conversation, continued speaking to the, the, the woman. And disciples could not say anything. They had to keep quiet and just sit and watch. Hallelujah. They waited till the woman left before they asked the woman. They, they asked Jesus. What is this all about? Take the food. You said you're hungry. That's why I went. So take Then Jesus said that. My meat is to do the will of the one that sent me. I have meat that you don't know about. Uh, did somebody give you meat whilst we're away? Hallelujah. Number seven is multiplication. So now she goes and brings not one soul, not two souls. Not three souls, but the whole city. Can you imagine you go out Saturday for so winning, and you win one person in the city center, and the following Sunday, the person comes with the whole city. Can you imagine? So you see, this little story, when you go, please read it again. You see all the Steps. Very few steps, six, seven steps, seven steps that Jesus used. Contact, challenge, confirmation, the call, consecration, confession, consecration, and multiplication. Hallelujah. I pray that from today our soul winning will become effective. How many will be able to contact, have conversation with somebody you don't know? Give me a wave. Because now you know, you don't have to have anything. You can start with the weather. You can start with the person's hairstyle. You can start with the person's appearance. You can start with anything. Just to strike conversation. And then direct the conversation to. is normal water to living water. From normal water living water we are talking about the weather ah today is a beautiful day isn't it how many know that it's a very it's a very british conversation you sit on the bus and it's like oh what a beautiful day yes it's a nice one isn't it i i i, I hear it's going to be it's going to be brilliant the whole week wow that's great oh then now i can get rid of my jacket Have you ever thought how it will be in hell? From water to living water.